Welcome back to Dead Pilot Society. I'm your host, Andrew Reich. Thank you so much to everyone who donated during the Maximum Fun Drive. It was an amazing show of support, and we really appreciate it. It will help us keep bringing you the very finest in rejected comedy. Uh, speaking of rejected comedy, a couple months ago I mentioned that I had a broadcast network pilot that was passed on and that I was going to try and sell it to a cable or streaming outlet. I said that this was a very difficult and rare thing to pull off. Well, uh, I'm happy to report that I was right about it being very difficult and rare. So that's that. Um, but we have such a great show for you this month. It's a script written by Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael. It's called The Housewives, and it's a period sitcom set in the 1950s and written as if it was from that time. It's really quite ingenious in its conception, and it's feminist in such a smart and subtle way. We performed this at Largo in L.A. back in February with an absolutely incredible cast. In addition to Casey and June, we had Lori Metcalf, uh, and Adam Scott, Paul Shear, Nicole Byer, Zach Knighton, Steve Agee, Jack McGee, Sarah Baker, and in a very small but memorable part, Jerry O'Connell. You'll hear a lot of applause on the recording when each of these actors made their first appearance. You'll also hear how shitty one of the microphones sounds. Um, it's a wireless mic that I used in my opening conversation with my co-host Ben Blacker and that Eddie Frierson, the narrator, uses. B please bear with it. Uh, it's worth it to hear this great pilot. So here it is after this quick message. Dead Pilot Society, live from Largo, The Housewives. The great questions of your life. The great questions of your life. Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? Put ketchup on a hot dog. Toilet paper, over or under? Toilet paper. Star Wars, Star or, Wars Star Trek? or Star Trek? Fear not, my friends. Fear not, Mark my and friends. Hal always reach the definitive answer. Simply listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Pacific on Maximum Fun. Fun. We Got This. Your better self is right around the corner. Namaste. Andrew, okay. how's it going? It's still okay. The, oh, it sounds like things are not great. No, it's, yeah, it's okay. Andrew is um, a professional writer. Uh, what, what do people know your name from? Uh, minor adjustments. <laughs> no, friends would be the... Have you heard of it? <laughs> and Andrew has had, you've had pilots like every year. You had like two pilots this year. Uh, I did it. Two pilots in contention. How'd those go? Uh, at ABC. Uh, guess how many are being shot? I'll give you a hint. It's less than two. <laughs> and it's less than one. <laughs> what happened? Um, one of those pilots uh, I wrote with someone who I think, I can't see anything, but I think, uh, is renowned author and religious scholar, host of Believer, coming to see it in March, Reza Aslan. Yeah. Reza and I wrote uh, a pilot um, about an Iranian-American, Muslim-American family, a sitcom, a uh, you know, comedy, uh, which ABC passed on. Uh, you want to know why? I do want to know. Uh, the reason why it's not timely. <laughs> if, you write, if you go on Google and you search Muslim-American, you get no results. It's <laughs> 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 
So we're going to get to do that in the future, right? <laughs> the good news is... It's a renewable resource. My first idea for this podcast was we do these live readings of coal. Uh, which is not a little bit. Is this why? They make it they make moves all the time. I'm making it every time people make them. So, uh, Are these the kinds of jokes we can expect in your pilot? <laughs> we, we have fun. We have. It is, this is, we have two amazing scripts. We, all of our writers are women, which puts. We're, we're doing better than most of Hollywood. And all those allegations of misogyny that have trailed you for so long just puts the lie. John? Uh, I'll get them back. <laughs> no, I'm so excited. I love both these scripts. Our cast is incredible. Let's Should talk about that first one. Let's that's, that's bring, that's bring out the writers of the first yeah. one, perhaps. Do it. Okay. I don't know their names. I didn't learn their names. Our first pilot, Casey Wilson and June Diane Robinson. the name of the pilot that we'll be hearing tonight? The name is The Housewives. <laughs> and who'd you write it for and when? We wrote it for ourselves. <laughs> um, we wrote it, I think, about three years ago, three yeah. or four years ago, for ABC. America's Broadcast Company. <laughs> Known for their good decisions on the oh, stage yeah. already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sort of we sold it. The conceit was that it's a it's a show that's set in 1954 and a script that was written then, but was too racy and progressive at the time <laughs> to ever air. So, thank you. For found your laugh. found peace. And how was the experience writing it? The going through the development process of it? Was well, I remember when we first sold it, we like got a lot of stuff sent to the house. You remember this? And I was like, this is smooth sailing. Like they sent us like baked goods that appear in the script. And like aprons and mix, like a mixer from the 50s. And I was like, this is going to get made. And then and it, here we are. Here we are. And it's a podcast. Um, yeah, it was, We're just it was actually yet. a good experience, which I'm realizing now, like, oh, we should have gotten more notes. Yeah. We didn't get any notes really because great. nobody was interested. Yeah, so <laughs> they seemed to um, just... was like, we think it's ready to go away. <laughs> it was a very pleasant experience, um, which I'm realizing now meant it would never have a life. That does, sometimes they say if you're not getting notes, yes. it's usually a bad sign. They'd be like, how about you guys change the font on the cover page? I was like, wow. I was like, whoa, we got, okay, we're going to need two weeks to figure this out, but we'll do it. I was like, I guess we'll a big it. life change is coming for yeah. me. I better go out and buy a pair of ski dues. <laughs> we both spent a ton of money. That's the problem. Yeah, we were really excited and thought it would definitely sell and, and made some bad purchases. <laughs> was it you guys had written pilots? Was this the first one you wrote together? or had you? Yes, we had written before for ABC and uh, we had a pilot shot for NBC. And yeah, this I think was this kind was of. This was the third pilot we wrote for ABC. Yeah. 
Um, we yeah. wrote one more for them afterwards, and then we were like, well, they don't like us. Uh, let's not do this again. <laughs> well, we wrote one for them, and then they were like, we want to redevelop it the next year, only we just need everyone to be like, really, the, what was it? The first time they were like, everyone's too unlikable. So they're like, we need everyone to be really likable. So we're like, oh, okay. So we rewrite the whole thing, and then oh, we get on the phone with the ye presidente of the network. <laughs> and he's like, these people are way too likable. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Let me cash my check. And <laughs> That's so much fun. And yeah. this, this is a, just to set the table here, this is a multicam Situation comedy. Yes. yes. Uh, period multicam. Correct. correct. I mean, I don't know why this didn't get made. I really don't. I don't understand yes it. Yes and yes. Were we there a ton it of those? Black and white. Yeah, they said they, they had. Got this. They had many others just like it. So that was my only question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're good to I go, guess, right? Yeah. You guys have heard quite enough. This is a ridiculous cast. I have to say, I'm a little glad that the show was not made because you could not have gotten a cast this good. <laughs> knowing you thank you Ben you're welcome Um, thank you for those beautiful words you could never thank you I guess we uh, could never afford it I know believe me well I think we could have afforded us but we're very excited about this so excited the cast that we got is truly unbelievable we're 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 in the cast so we were shocked that we could be here tonight yeah (laughs) I mean to get us for this wow for this? Yeah, but we're it's so a get. It's a get. happy to have this cast coming out on a Saturday night. It's very exciting, and thank you all for being here. Yes, thank Let's you. Um... Before we begin... What's the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in L.A. against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. The Housewives is sponsored by (laughs) Cigarettes. Blow her face and she'll follow you anywhere. Make your next cigarette a triple X. Fade in suburban street early morning. The 1950s American dream. The houses are ranch and the lawns manicured. Mickey, 16, rides his bicycle by and whistles. The crew cut song Shaboom. Life could be a dream. He throws a paper from his sack and lands on a welcome mat. It's dated October 12, 1954. Edie, early 30s, spirited, opens the door, smiling wide. Oh, gee, thanks, Mickey. Have a great day. She waves to a neighbor across the street and breathes in the morning. With all the time in the world, she heads inside. Edie's home, same time. Edie closes the door and rushes into the kitchen at full speed. Her dress is not yet fully buttoned in the back. Tommy and Johnny, her seven-year-old twin boys, chase after her. Plus, <laughs> there's David Crockett shooting toy powder-horn rifles. Die! Die, Mommy! Die! 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 trying to kill mother or she'll start to take it personally. Here you are, dearest. Edie hands her husband, Henry, a 30s company man, the paper. 
is a mess. Die, messy mommy. Die, die. die. Looking at her dress. I was just about to iron it. Thank you for the loving reminder. Edie grabs the iron, lifts the front of her dress, drapes it over the edge of the kitchen table, and irons it there. Could you quiet them down, honey? I'm trying to read. And top me off? Henry stands his cup out. He is one foot from the pot. Yes, dear. Mom! Mommy! Mom! Mom, we want toast! Mom, toast! Yes, dear! Edie grabs the slices of bread and slams the iron down on them. <laughs> Suburban Street, early morning. Mickey throws a paper onto the stoop of a light, slightly bigger home. Inside Flo's house, same time, Flo crosses the closes the door, rather, and her smile fades into a tired snarl. She tiptoes softly through the living room when her husband, Hank, mid-fifties retired, Who was it? Hmm? Hmm? Were the girls at the door? What's going on with them? Uh, for one second, I forgot you retired. <laughs> I was lost in a blissful dream state in which you actually left the house and weren't following me around all day. Well, I'll have you know. around the couch to sit down. Pink follows her. I'll have you know I have a lot on my docket for today. Pink looks around. He's got nowhere to be. But before I, I get to it, I want to know who was at the door. One of the girls? Was that who it was? News on M Mr. McCaffrey's affair? Flo gets up and starts to walk out. Pink. Follows her. There was just wild, Pink. You wouldn't believe it. Flo tries to lose Pink. She races to the piano, picks up his face. He picks up his face. She stops suddenly. He almost trips over her. Finally, she walks into the coat closet and slams the door. It was the goddamn paper boy! <laughs> Suburban Street, seconds later. Mickey pedals one door down to the most perfectly appointed home you ever did see. He throws a paper to the student. Louise, mid-twenties, doe-eyed, bids her needlepoint group goodbye. She has... Girls, you must take home the leftovers. I eat like a baby bird, but you know that. Uh, these roses are from one of my gardens. It's no trouble, girls. Yes, they walk off. <laughs> I don't know how Louise does it. She said she got up at 4.30 a.m. to start cooking breakfast. And her hair? She must get it done more than once a week. <laughs> Bye now! Louise waves goodbye, grabs the paper, and closes the door. Suburban home. Louise promptly lies face down on the carpet. So tired. So tired. Moments later. Mickey pedals home. A live big band orchestra strikes up our theme song while a booming voice announcer says, The Housewives is brought to you by Chevrolet. I can't tell which they're whistling at, me or my Chevrolet. Bless your heart, honey, they're whistling at both of you. All of you ladies might as well be warned right now. You're going to be the target for admiring eyes, and perhaps a few whistles, too, in your slick new Chevrolet. Chevrolet, big car quality at lower cost. And now, back to the housewives. Act one, Edie's living room, morning. Edie, all smiles, talks to May. Sweet, red-headed housewife, May's son, Sammy, seven years old, plays with Edie's Modern times, women are as overextended as they've ever been. Why, these days, the phone might even ring after six o'clock. 
And if you're anything like me, you need a little help. Nay, you need a little magic. Edie winks and picks up a box. Presto Clino, the magical stain remover, or as I like to call it, the housewife's best friend. Yours for just three easy installments of $1.99. May takes a long look at the box, interested. Did I mention how ravishing you look today? Redheads are so special. Do you ever feel like a unicorn? <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> now, Edie, does this product really work? Edie suddenly throws ink onto May's blouse. Oh! Oh! May, that ink will be gone in just 20 short minutes or my name's not Mrs. Henry Walters. Edie smiles wide. She knows she's close to a sale. Mom, are we late for school? Sweetie, school starts at 10 on Thursdays. Now, where were we? A car pulls into the driveway. Hey, Edie's that's... eyes widen. That's Daddy's car. Edie shoves the clean box behind an easy chair. Okay, you better run along with the boys. Their education is our future. But the age. 20 short minutes. I'll put you down for five boxes, May. And now get on and get out of here, you gorgeous unicorn. May and the kids <laughs> As Henry walks in, Edie smiles. Hello, dear. To what do I owe this mid-morning visit? You couldn't stop thinking of me? Oh, I forgot my briefcase, but I haven't stopped thinking of you since I first saw you. You were 16 years old and so pretty, you managed to sell me a Booster Club subscription to Ladies Home Journal. And you were so cute, you got 10% off. <laughs> Best money I ever spent. Now, what was May doing here so late? Shouldn't the kids already be at school? You know, sweetie, May is having some problems, some feminine problems. She... Woke up this morning, things were a disaster down there. Okay, thank you, I've heard enough. Mess. You know, I've heard enough too, and, and May needs to keep a lid on that type of talk. I'm a delicate flower, Henry, you know that. Now, if you'll excuse me. Edie grabs the vacuum and starts humming to herself. Yeah, and Henry picks up the cord, which isn't plugged into the wall. You were selling to May, weren't you? You're so perceptive, darling. How can one man be so smart and so attractive? Do all the men at the office just hate you for it? Edie, I'm not as gullible as I was at 16. Now listen here. I've been patient with this hobby of yours, but I've let it go on long enough. You are my wife and the mother of my children, not a traveling salesman. Do you know how humiliating it was to catch you hawking... What even was it? A water softening system. In the bathroom at the Monroe's Christmas party? You already have a job, and that's caring for our children and our home. I mean, how can I ask Mr. Johnston to promote me if I can't even manage my own household? Now, was that a rhetorical question, or did you want me to answer that? Uh, I think you understand just fine. Now, listen here, Edie. Mr. Johnston is coming to dinner tonight, and I think he might announce my promotion. <gasps> Oh, it's the limit, Edie. Just think. I could, you could be married to the regional manager of Paul Mall. Oh, I can't believe they would pay you more money just to make the world a healthier place. Uh, it's a dream. Now, Mr. Johnston's been raving about your lemon squares. Oh, you mean my famous lemon squares? Yeah, the ones he tasted at the company picnic. Please, have them on the table by six sharp. And, Edie, no more selling. Understood? Edie starts to protest, but then nods, saluting him. Aye, aye, Captain. Henry walks out and Edie leans against the door. Mama's in a pickle. Flo's living room later. Edie and Flo sit on the couch. Edie looks sad. 
flow does too. Sadie, an African-American in her 40s, cleans around it. I suppose the two-month supply of Presto Clino I bought will just have to collect dust. Tonight, I will be the perfect housewife. I look forward to seeing this not happen. Well, I've never fully tried flow. I mean, that's the problem. I'm sure I could have been amazing at it, but I've always been busy with my work. But now that I'm on a temporary hiatus from selling... Temporary hiatus? I thought you told Henry you stopped permanently. Isn't that what I just said? You baffle me, Edie. Why would you want extra work? Being a wife and a mother is exhausting enough. Raising two nearly killed me, and now I've got a giant baby back in the nest. Did you call me? Go find your own friends. Stop mooching off mine. So like I, I was just walking by. Excuse me for living. Vince stands there, inspecting the wallpaper. So what are you up to today? Flo grabs the paper and hands it to him. Do a crossword. Stare into the ether, contemplating the end. Just let me be. Ben takes the paper, satisfied. Flo, I got bitten by the wartime work bug. I loved my days at the ammunition factory, waking up with a sense of purpose, falling asleep, having felt like I actually accomplished something. And I know that sounds strange, Strange but... would be kind. Edie, you're thicker than a $5 malt. I would give my eye teeth to be alone with nothing to do but housework. If I'd known when Pink retired he was going to be with me every second of every day, I wouldn't have stayed on him about his cholesterol. <laughs> but you, you've always gone your own way. Edie... If I may enter this discourse, it sounds like you'd be happiest if you could be a good housewife and do your selling. If you could, how do I put this, have it all? Edie stares at Sadie completely baffled. <laughs> she cleans for a psychoanalyst on Mondays and Fridays. She's not a bad ear to talk to when she's not stealing my most prized possessions. Hello, stop it, it's 1954. Well, I appreciate that input, Sadie, but that's, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Today, I'm going to be a perfect homemaker and mother. I mean, how hard could it possibly be? I'll set the table beautifully with your china. Why not use yours? Well, I gave the twins cookies so I could make some sales calls, and they smashed the plates in a sugar-induced rage. But today, I will be the most caring, patient mother you've ever laid your eyes upon. Edie starts to walk out. I'm coming with you. Well, you don't know where I'm going. Who cares? I'd rather count floor tiles than stay here with pink. Sadie, take out the china for Edie. Actually, I'll get it, lest you be tempted to pocket some pieces. Edie and Flo walk out. Let it go, Sadie. She's just your classic paranoid narcissist. Louise is home. Edie knocks on Louise's door. Flo stands beside her. Why are we at Louise's, pray tell? Because I need her to make my famous lemon squares. Aren't they by their Christian name, Edie's Famous Lemon Squares? Well, I don't have time to learn how to bake, let alone bake. I've been running an empire. Louise does my baking for me. You know that. Your dedication to being a model housewife continues to astound and inspire. Before Edie can respond, the door opens and Louise appears. Louise covers Edie's lips with her fingers, mouthing... Louise's living room. Louise takes Edie and Flo's coats. I'm so sorry that I yelled at you like that just now. But Jerry's upstairs and he's sick as a dog. And I, mean, I, 
I tried a softer silhouette just to kind of cheer him up, but maybe today's not the day to change things up. I don't know. Poor thing, he's so sick. Anyway, make yourselves at home. Let's just all be very quiet so that Jerry can leave for work in... Jerry, early 30s, gorgeous, comes bounding down the stairs. Luck be a lady tonight, luck be a lady tonight, luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with, luck be a Louise tonight. Jerry, Louise tells us you're ill. Ah, well, I woke up with a tiny sore throat, but I'm positive it was from belting in my upper register at play practice last night. I thought I'd get it my noggin. Until curtain goes up, it's conserve, conserve, conserve! He is teetering on the brink of God knows what. Drive safe, my love. You treat Jerry like he's a curiosity in a curio cabinet. Well, he's my husband in my entire life, Flo. I must honor and obey him. You must put up with him and deny him. Yes. Hence, hence, please quiet down. Time is of the essence. Louise, Henry has given me strict marching orders. Oh, what fun. I've got a... I've got a huge dinner to prepare for Henry's bosses tonight, and of course I want everything to be flawless. No option, no choice. Exactly, and I'm wondering if you might have some spare time today to help me. Ooh, today is Tuesday, which means I, I clean my curtains from tip to tail, I water and weed the tomato patch, I peroxide the counters, I lemon my elbows for dryness, I read the paper to make sure I'm a stimulant, stimulating converse, conversant for Jerry tonight, so it's, well, it's a pretty light day. What's doing? First of all, you have the skin of a newborn babe, and it's just downright odd. And secondly, Henry's boss would love a batch of my lemon squares. Could I trouble you to make them? Oh, sweetie, I would be happy to. Wait, did you say your squares, meaning Henry thinks my squares are your squares? Well, my, my squares are your squares, or who cares squares? <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> Edie, how could you lie? He's your, your husband. He's your everything. I agree. And I would make them myself, but they aren't going to be anywhere near as amazing as yours. I mean, Louise, what you do is just, it's beyond words. Well, I just, I feel like an accomplice in a gruesome murder case. I truly do. I, I... Okay, but if it's just this once, I will make an exception for my best friend. Thank you, Louise. I knew I could pull this off. I just have to learn how to make a roast, set my hair, and clean the house. Louise opens up an insanely organized, filed and tabbed drawer of recipes. She flips through them. Okay, lemon sauce, lemon and breadcrumb encrusted grilled salmon, licorice tartlets. Louise drops dead in her trap. <laughs> Louise's kitchen, moments later. <laughs> Louise sits at the table, staring straight ahead. Flo sits next to her while Edie paces around. Okay, let's think. Maybe they're with the S section for squares. Don't patronize me, Edie. I'm so sorry. I'm raising my voice to you again. <laughs> All of my recipes are filed alphabetically by the first letter of the first word. Okay, maybe you threw it in the junk drawer. That's where I find everything. A what? Drawer? <laughs> Every item in my home has a home. None of it is, as you say, junk. Okay, I must have lost it, and now, now everything is ruined. I don't deserve a man like Jerry if I can't create a peaceful, serene, and organized home that a real hot man 
man like Jerry deserves. Oh my God. Maybe stairs at the clock. Perhaps you memorized. No, I wrote it down so I didn't have to memorize it. I have over 1,000 recipes. Do you monsters expect me to memorize them all? Louise, grab hold of yourself. Myrtle gave me the recipe and I, I wrote it down never thinking that. Wait, wait. This wasn't even your recipe? The great Louise Plum has been passing it off as her own? Beg your pardon, Flo, I really do. <laughs> I've never passed off this recipe as my own. I, I asked. If asked, I've always acknowledged Myrtle's authorship. I, I've simply never been asked, and I do beg your pardon. Keep your pearls on. You are pardoned. Okay, finish your coffees and grab your pocketbooks, ladies. We are going to Myrtle's. No, no, we're not. No way. I spent ten years as Myrtle's bridge partner. She told half this town I cheated at the last invitational. I'm not asking for anything from her. I wish that old bag X's over her eyes. <laughs> All right, fine. I will just take my best friend, Louise. I'm coming. Louise touches the recipe box very tenderly. Recipe box? I knew you felt light. We'll get her back for you. Okay, Louise, let's I go. I told you she was losing it. Okay, okay, I just, all I need is an hour and a half to get ready. Louise runs out of the kitchen. Louise, I don't have that kind of time. Louise runs back in. She's put on bright red lipstick, white gloves, and a driving hat. She looks perfect. You expect me to go like this? Myrtle's foyer, later. Sal, Myrtle's husband, sweet, opens the door to find Eve. It's so good to see you too. I just appreciate you all coming. Bee and the girls stare at him, confused. Is Myrtle home? Yes, she's home. She has gone home. Upstairs? Indeed. The big guy took her upstairs. It becomes painfully clear that Myrtle is dead. So sorry for your loss. Flo hooks Sal tightly. On Evie, screwed. And a back to one. Our next one is finally brought to you by Demure Douche. What does douching with Demure have to do with your husband? A lot. Every husband wants his wife to be feminine. In every sense of the word, and the Muir Liquid Douche lets you discover how completely feminine you can be. Delicately scented, the Muir is the different douche, perfected by a leading gynecologist. It gently cleanses and freshens. The Muir Liquid Douche makes you feel very special. <laughs> Act two, Myrtle's living room moments later. It is clearly a wig. Other mortars sit on the couch. Edie follows Sal into the kitchen. Louise and Flo take a seat. Let me help you in the kitchen, Sal. They exit. Hey, Flo, don't feel bad about wishing Myrtle dead. You had no idea, sweetie. Ask and ye shall receive. <laughs> kitchen, same time. Edie makes a pot of coffee as Sal sits watching her. Don't move a muscle, Sal. I've got it all under control. You're such a doll. Thanks, Edie. It was just so sudden, you know? I mean, Myrtle had been in such poor health for years, but, you know... I searched the kitchen for the recipe. You never really expect it, right? How could you? Now, do you mind if I peek around to see where Myrtle kept the sugar? Yeah, you'll have to. I mean, the kitchen was kind of her domain. Sal stares out the window, misty-eyed, as Edie frantically opens <laughs> searching for the recipe. 
Look at the leaves on that tree, changing just to fall. He opens doors quickly and slams them shut. But they're so beautiful and strong while they're alive, Sal. Keep looking out there. Stay with those comforting trees in this time of sorrow. He suddenly spots Myrtle's cookbook on the shelf right behind Sal's head. Oh! Sal looks at her funny. He turns to a breakdown. Just let it out. Just let it out. You know, it's so funny. I, it's so funny. I didn't even know you two were that friendly. Edie crashes and races through the cookbook. No recipe. She shakes the book hard for any loose recipes. You know, we didn't have to speak about it, Sal. That's how close we were. Dejected, Edie turns to Sal. She feels guilty, but presses on. She was one of a kind, Murdy. She hated being called that. Myrtle. Myrtle. And quite the baker, too. (laughs) Yeah, she was the best. Never wrote down a recipe. (laughs) Only passed them on orally. Mm, Love that about her. (laughs) You know what I wouldn't give to hear her tell me her famous lemon square recipe? Just one last time. I bet she'd say in that sweet lilt... Edie, first you preheat the oven to... What do you think she'd say there, Sal? I don't... Living room, same time. Flo and Louise wait. Next to them, a woman blows her nose from crying. Flo pours herself more sherry. Have to say, I don't mind this. Flo! What? It's nice to be out of the house for a while and away from Bing. Show some respect. I mean, I can't even imagine what Sal must be going through if Jerry were to ever... Louise bows her head in prayer. Flo reaches over to grab a magazine. Dear God, please take care of Sal. Amen. A woman rocks in and out of the shadows. She has matted hair and a white look in her eyes. Dotsian. Dotsian. Lonely, on birth, smiles through her sadness. Great to see you, honey. You're looking wonderful. How's everything? As good as it can be when you don't have a man to mow the lawn or take out the trash. (laughs) And having ever had one, oh, I got another antique doll. Good for you. Wow, neat, neat, very neat. She's missing an eye. Must be sad to go through life without an eye, but in many ways I can relate to that. (laughs) I'm here to check in on Sal. Well, early bird catches the worm. Here's my comb, hon. Maybe run it through your hair. Dotsie smiles sadly, grateful. She exits into the bathroom. She looks like death. She must might as well be dead, poor dear, to be unmarried at her age. Twenty-six. Oh, 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 terrible. Horrible. Louise bows for more bridge. This time Flo joins her. Edie and Sal enter. What does supper look like for you tonight, Sal? Perhaps Myrtle froze something before she was called home? No. I don't know how I'll live without her or how I'll manage to clean this big house all by myself. Well, now isn't the right time, but down the road a piece, I'd love to let you in on a secret cleaning product. (laughs) You know what? I'm so bereft, I'm talking crazy, Sal. Myrtle will be missed, and so will her squares. Oh, you could go to Mario's Bakery for those. Yeah, she sold him her recipe. A lemon piece of her will live on forever. I am going to buy some right now 
What a fitting tribute. The ladies start to go as Dotsie walks out of the bathroom. Sal, do you have a plunger? <laughs> Honey. Inside the car moments later. Edie starts the car, growing more nervous. Louise and Flo settle in the back. Women drivers terrify me. Moving two months of merch is turning out to be way easier than getting a simple dessert on the table. I think it's great that you've recommitted yourself to your home, Edie. We are housewives, married to our houses, as I like to think of it. We should all thank our lucky stars that we are married. I don't know what I did to deserve marriage. You don't mean it. Imagine what, what life must be like for someone like Dotsianne. They all silently mouth a prayer on Dotsianne's behalf. Doesn't seeing her make you feel glad you have pink? You could have been Dotsianne without him. Yeah, well... But no words come. <laughs> she takes in what Louise has said. Is it possible that little Louise Plum has stumped the great flow shirring? Don't count on it. I had a lot of other suitors besides pink. I'm wishing I showed my ankles to a few of them now, believe you me. Maybe I'd have a man who could still see his toes and didn't weep openly at holiday parades. What about you, Louise? You keep smothering Jerry, and he'll hightail it out of there for a younger model of you, and one that sings, at least Dotsianne, has never been married. Divorce is not a house coat you would wear well. Oh, oh now, Flo, that is out of order. Just absolutely no, well, you're the out one. Okay, of enough. order. I'd rather drive with Dotsie than listen to you two bicker. Flo and Louise both stare out opposite windows, contemplating what has been said. Edie pulls into Mario's paper. Oh, we made it in record time. Henry is going to be so pleased. I'm going to buy the squares, pass them off as mine, make dinner, clean the house properly, and not just stuff everything into the hall closet for once, put the kids to bed. Edie swerves the car frantically. Oh, no, the kids! I forgot to pick up the kids from school. They've been waiting. Fiddlesticks, darn it all, son of a beehive. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Really? Is Edie. that necessary? The language. Edie screeches the car around. This is why I hate women drivers. Kind of mother forgets her children at school. They must be so upset. They're kids. They aren't real people yet. <laughs> Interior of the car moments later. Edie and Louise sit up front. Flo sits between the twins who wave <laughs> the top of their lungs. <laughs> Mommy's day has turned out to be a little harder than she expected. Flo stares down with one piercing look each. What do you say to your mother? Uh, we, we love you. you. Mario's bakery later. <laughs> Edie, Flo, Louise, and the twins run inside. Edie scans through the patrons to the display case. Two women part, revealing one lone tray of lemon squares. All right, you're still in the game, Walters. Edie starts for the squares when she sees a slightly bigger gal equidistant from the case, who also has her eyes on those squares. Edie takes a deep breath. She's past the point of no return. Her eyes narrow, and in slow-mo, she goes for them. The woman moves in sync with Edie and pulls ahead. Just before she gets there, Edie sticks out her foot and trips her. The other woman goes flying. The twins and Louise look horrified. Yay! Edie gets to the case first. She's got the square. Inside the car moments later, Edie, the twins, Flo, and Louise drive. 
Louise has the lemon squares in her lap. Now what I, she turns to the twins. what I just did back there, not okay. Today's lesson is about not doing what mommy does. <laughs> so I tripped her to show you it's not right to trip people. Does that make sense? Not, not really, no. 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 Edie has some sugar cookies. And it doesn't totally have to make sense. That's a nice thing. Let's just agree to not discuss it with daddy, okay? Oh, sure. yeah, okay. that makes sense. Edie's now asleep. <laughs> Edie tucks the twins into their bunk beds. She stares at the clock. A half hour until the boss arrives. You said we could play! <laughs> it's not even dark out! Screams in the windows. Edie draws the blinds. Okay, Angels, Mommy has to make supper. She's a bit behind at being amazing. Why did our mac and cheese taste like cough syrup? <laughs> Because being a mommy is harder than one could possibly imagine. The kids are passed out already. <laughs> Edie kisses their foreheads and exits. She walks back in, hugging them one more time. Note to self, ask Sadie if early memories have any long-term side effects. Living room. Edie stares at the house. It's a mess. The table isn't set and dinner isn't ready. Gonna get done in a half an hour. I can't do it. Louise stops Edie. I don't want to hear about what you can't do. Edie is stunned, but not fortified. Okay. Kitchen. Louise flies around the kitchen expertly. This is your time, Lou. This is your time. Living room. Edie races around the living room, picking up all the toys and laundry and the ink she used for her demonstration. She runs to the closet, stuffing it in. Flo sits on the couch with a drink. The closet door pops open. Closet door. Edie throws her pocket no. into it. The door pops open again. Oops, Daisy, closet door. Edie slams into the Living room a half hour later. Edie sets the roast down. She puts on a coat of red lipstick. Louise floats out of the kitchen with the squares on a platter. She sets them on the table and tastes the smallest bite. Her eyes twitch. I can deconstruct the recipe based on these flavors. I've got the recipe back. The girls survey their work. Everything looks perfect. They exhale, and then Edie starts jumping up. Yes! And down. Yes! Yes! And they all three Just under the wire, I made the perfect night for my husband and his guests. Oh, I could dip you both and kiss you on your mouth. Ew, Edie. Disgusting, Edie. Oops, I almost forgot. Edie runs into her bedroom and returns with a single strand of white pearls. I was just about to remind you. Flo holds up her hair and Louise clasps them. Now Edie is ready. She looks perfect. The doorbell rings. Oh, good luck, Edie. I hope you don't mind I made an extra plate for Jerry. Louise and Flo walk through the kitchen to the back door. Flo looks at Louise's plate with utter content. If I were speaking to you, I would say leave me alone, but I'm not, so I won't. Flo rolls her, rolls her eyes, also ignoring her. Louise stops at the door. Again, were I speaking to you, I might request your assistance, but since I'm not, I shan't. Flo doesn't move a muscle. It's a battle of wills. Then at the same time, they both go through the door and struggle to get through at the same time. <laughs> Edie smiles wide and opens the front door. Before her stand Henry, his boss, Mr. Johnson, mid-40s, confident, and Harriet, the boss's wife, the woman from the bakery. Gulps. End of Act Two. <laughs> the House Lives is brought to you by the new Superman. Like a spirited woman who yearns to be tamed, the GL Coop is ready. 
now, turn her on. She is yours, waiting for you. And one more good thing, she costs so little to keep happy. Super room. Act three, Edie's living room. Edie stares at the woman from the bakery. Hi, honey. Uh, you know Mr. Johnston, but I don't believe you've met his wife, Harriet. Harriet stares at Edie down. It's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Yours as well, although you look familiar. Really? That's funny. I don't know. It's not so much funny as it is eerie. Very, very eerie. Edie takes everyone's coats, scared. Mr. Johnston puts his arm around his wife. Poor dear suffered such a bad fall today. She was shopping and some lunatic woman just sidelined her. Harriet narrows her eyes at Edie. No, no. Uh, well, I'd like to have a word with that woman and set her straight. As would I. Edie walks their coats to the closet and stuffs them inside. Now please come in. The door opens and Edie gets it closed. Oh. Everyone turns. So sorry that door is acting up. Don't you have the strength of a million men? A million angry, violent men. The husbands stare at Edie and Harriet. What is happening? To lighten the mood, Harriet lifts up Edie's lemon squares. Ah, oh, look what we have here. Edie made her famous lemon squares just for you. Mmm. These look delicious. Now, where did you get them, pray tell? Oh, she didn't get them anywhere. She baked them all by herself. Slaved away in the kitchen working on this dinner all day. Henry puts an arm around Edie, who smiles stiffly. Yes, I'm just a whiz in the kitchen. <laughs> it's just who I am. Edie looks pleadingly into Harriet's eyes. Is that so? They look so good. Almost like the ones at Mario's Bakery. They, that's a coincidence. That, <laughs> that's funny. But you haven't been at Mario's in ages, right, sweetie? <laughs> I'm so proud of my bride. She's been on a diet for two whole weeks and hasn't touched a single sweet. Is that so? You haven't even been tempted yourself? Just once? Not even done any window shopping? It is a battle of wills. Harry is sweating. I wouldn't dare even go near any sweets. That would be crazy. <laughs> Well, I admire your willpower, I truly do. And I admire your skills in the kitchen. <laughs> now, who needs a drink? Edie and Harriet walk arm in arm, allies. In the dining room later, Edie and Harriet laugh together, fast <laughs> friends. Mr. Johnston raises his glass. To Henry, a hell of an employee with a brand new title. Oh, that's marvelous. Congrats, dear. Well, thank you, sir. I won't let you down. Now. Give me a lemon square for the road. I'm not young like the two of you. I get tuckered out. <laughs> Coming right up. Edie serves him a square and covertly wraps two in a napkin. I'm just going to check in on the boys. Edie walks through the dining room to the closet. She puts the two squares in Harriet's fur coat as a treat for later. She smiles at her good deed and then notices Mr. Johnson's camel hair coat has a huge black ink stain on it. She gasps. Edie looks up and sees ink crammed directly above the coat. Panicking, she grabs it and runs through the dining room. You know what? You can't leave yet because the boys wanted to play the piano for you. Don't deny them that. Henry's eyes widen as Edie runs out of the room. They're just so excited! She runs back in with the twins, who are super drowsy and sits in the Now allow me to wet my whistle with a glass of water, and I'll take the solo. So strike up Danny, boys, sons. She dashes into the kitchen. 
Johnny and Tommy, groggy, start to play. They are super out of it. In the kitchen, Edie lays the coat out on the floor and opens the pantry, which is stocked only with Presto Clean-O. She grabs a box and starts using it on her hands and knees. Oh, damn spot, I've been through too much today to have this fall apart now. She grabs her egg timer and cranks it to 20 minutes. Okay, come on, baby. Do what you do. Dining room, same time. The boss and his wife clearly want to leave. Henry is deeply confused. He picks up the twins. I'm not sure what's taking her so long. Kids, let's get you back to bed. Danny boy, the lights, the lights are calling. From Glen... Oh, no. You know, we may just take a rain check on the uh, performance. We have to get home. Our babysitter is 13. She has school in the morning. In the kitchen at the same time, Edie stares at the coat frantic. Nothing has changed. Please work. I keep you in business. Well, haven't you all had too much to drink to drive? Sleep over anyone? Henry bursts in. What the hell is going on here? Is that Mr. Johnson's Johnston's coat? Why is it all wet? And why does it have ink all over well, it? It has ink all over it because... Well, I'm the worst housewife in the world, Henry. I tried, but I can't do it. Instead of cleaning, I just stuffed everything into the closet, and I've been doing that for years. And I stuffed everything in the closet because I had to get these squares, which I didn't even make, and I forgot the kids. You forgot them? Yes, and then when I remembered them, they witnessed me commit a very violent act. Edie, what are you saying? I'm saying that I got into a physical altercation with a grown woman, Henry, and then I drugged the twins. Although I'd rather not get into that right now. And this is all in the name of trying to be the perfect housewife for you. But I'm hopeless. I can't do the one thing I was supposed to be able to do. The one thing every woman on this block can do with her eyes closed. Instead, I fed you the lemon squares of a dead woman. <laughs> the woman you fought died? Henry! Henry, you're focusing on the wrong details. I'm trying to tell you that I'm not cut out to be the housewife that you want me to be. How in the dickens did you do that? Edie stops wiping her tears away with Mr. Johnson's, not Johnston's coat. Harriet and Mr. Johnston stand over her. The jig is up. I'm sorry, I accidentally... I got some paint on that coat at the Piggly Wiggly last week. And dear Harriet's been pulling out her hair ever since trying to get it out. How on earth did you do it? Edie looks down. The egg timer goes off. The stain is gone. Presto Clino has worked its magic. Henry picks up the box. Wow, so this stuff really does work. Where can we buy something like that? Edie wants to answer, but she looks at Henry. She just shrugs. Henry looks back at her with tenderness. Dear, why don't you tell the Johnstons where they can get this product? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Hair. Now, may I call you Hair? Great. I'm afraid that you can't get this product in any stores or anywhere, for that matter, unless you know this gal. Because just when you think all hope is lost, poof! Presto Clino vanquishes even the toughest of stains and fixes everything. Now, hair, I'd love to extend you a 15% discount. By the way, did I tell you, you have the figure of a teen. Oh, thank you. You do that? Of course. Us housewives need to stick together. I've got four children under 12 and scores of girlfriends to buy holiday presents for. I hope you don't mind if I buy every box you have. Why, that'll be just fine. <laughs> but I thought you only had one box. Uh, well, yes, but one great big box that all the 63 smaller boxes <laughs> Mr. Johnston takes out his checkbook. <laughs> Is there anything this wife of yours can't do? I mean, she cooks, she cleans. Now this, why, she does it all. Uh, she is something else, all right. 
Something else indeed. In the bedroom, later, Henry takes off his jacket, Edie dances around holding her check and kissing it after each word. My biggest sale yet! I love this check! Even if it is made out to you. Listen, you did a great job tonight, and I'm a forward-thinking, modern man. I know that you usually just stay home all day, and there is a certain amount of stress that comes with running a house, so I'd like to do something for you. Tonight, I'll take my own socks off. <laughs> smiles at this small victory. Thanks. Oh, what a night. Thank goodness we got rid of all those boxes. Now you'll never be tempted to sell again. Edie opens her wardrobe. It's full of boxes. She shuts it. That's exactly right, dear. Now get over here already. <laughs> she crosses beds and snuggles very tight <laughs> in his twin. Oh, sweetheart, your arm's sticking okay. into Okay, uh, yeah, just move your leg. Okay. End of three. <laughs> the kitchen the next morning. Edie, Louise, and Flo sit drinking coffee. You know I'm not going to try to be the perfect woman. It's impossible, because I am who I am, and who I am is a salesman. Are you using that money to finally hire a girl to do your housework? No, I already bought a bulk shipment of encyclopedias at wholesale this morning. Keep it on the hush-hush, girl. Oh, Edie, you'll never learn. Well, maybe now you will with the encyclopedias. <laughs> Speaking of learning, Flo, I'll have you know I gave Jerry a little space last night. When he come home, I let him sit by himself for a solid three minutes, and boy, oh boy, does absence make the heart aggro fonder. <laughs> Let's just say we didn't make it to dessert. <laughs> we made sweet, passionate music. Jerry's teaching me how to blend my chest voice with my head voice. It was really something. Not where I thought that was going. And Flo, I want to apologize if I meddled in your relationship. It's none of my... No, no, you, you may have had a point. After dinner, I sat down for a game of dominoes with pink. So that was... Okay. Good for That's you, really nice. Flo! I said it was okay. Don't make me take it back. Well, I want you to both know that I never would have come close to pulling off last night without you. And maybe Sadie wasn't entirely wrong. I mean, I think if we have each other, we'll always have it all. Flo and Louise smile, and they toast to that. Mm. Then... Edie? <laughs> Edie, are you home? My dolls started talking back to me this morning. <laughs> Edie? Our housewives go dead silent. They wait. Dancy walks away. Well, Louise will be home. <laughs> on second thought, didn't she just inherit some money when her father passed away? Oh, Edie. Edie. She's not right in the head. Well, with no man, she's got time to read. Edie rushes out after Dotsie. Yoo-hoo! and Louise roll their eyes. Dotsie, wow, you're looking gorgeous in that brownish house coat. <laughs> now, I have a once-in-a-lifetime offer for you. Edie's home, same time. Mickey pedals past Edie and then Dotsie Ann. He throws a paper on Edie's stoop and rides away humming, Life Could Be a Dream. 
We pan back into the house and see our three housewives laughing and drinking coffee together. Life could be pretty I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you to everyone at Largo. Thank you to Ethan Walter for doing everything he could to make that mic sound better. Thank you to Noah Feindling for all of his help with the live show and the editing and uh, our social media. Speaking of social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Please subscribe on Maximum Fun or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a rating that really can't tell you how much that helps. Um, we're going to start putting these episodes out every three weeks instead of once a month because we've got a lot of recordings we want to get out to you. So in three weeks, look out for C Company by Steve Agee and Rob Schraub. Until next time, uh, on behalf of myself, my co-host, uh, Ben Blacker, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. <laughs>